We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Micah Shrewsbury. Tom Name men ba- men's basketball coach last week. There's going to be a press conference Thursday morning. Vince and I were talking about that at the start of the show. This all really came together pretty quickly. You know, like after Penn State was done, it was like bit of bang, bit of boom. How, how important was it, do you think, to get this done as quickly as possible? Not, I don't think it was that important. You know why? Because I, I think I know what Notre Dame's going to say, and they're going to stick to what they're they're never they're never going to give us media guys that much credit. But they Notre Dame had sixty three days to kind of work through this process. Yeah, they knew really early mm-hmm. that Micah Shrewsbury, if he wasn't the number one guy, he was probably somewhere in the top three. And, and I think given Jack Swarbrick's prior relationship with Micah Shrewsbury's dad, right? knowing Micah Shrewsbury, knowing that Jack Swarbrick really admires Brad Stevens, Micah Shrewsbury's uh, professional arc in the college game, in the game of basketball. I think on January 19th, when the Tribune broke the story that Mike Bray wasn't returning, Jack Swarbrick went to the list that says that he says he doesn't keep but if he did, <laughs> I, I think I think Micah Shrewsbury was the guy that just jumped off the page for Jack Swarbrick. He, he went to the list that wasn't there, but it somehow there. was so there. The, 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 people, the, people, the people that say, well, yeah, look at what Penn State did in the Big Ten tournament. Look at what they did in the NSA tournament. That really helped catapult Micah Shrewsbury to get the Notre Dame job. I, I think win, lose, or draw in the Big Ten, win, lose, or draw in the ACC tournament. I think Micah Shrewsbury was going to be the guy at Notre Dame regardless. And it was, I mean, it was so easy that they didn't have to wait on him. They didn't have to say, well, he didn't do this in the postseason or he's doing this in the post. Like he was going to be the guy. And it was, it, it was so easy. It was neat. It was clean. It didn't get messy. And I just think all those factors contributed to, to it being like that because Jack Swarbrick, deep down, if you pump him through it full of truth serum, he knew Micah was his number one guy from day one. Well, that's why it got done. I mean, right. you, we, you know, people keep talking about, you know, everything that happened with the offensive coordinator and the basketball coach. The difference here is 
that was Jack's number one guy. He's going to make it happen no matter what it took. And he did. I mean, to his credit, he did. And, you know, here we are. And I think the vast majority of Notre Dame fans who follow basketball and follow Notre Dame basketball specifically are happy. I mean, Mike Shrewsbury, I think it's a good, a good hire. What, what say you on the hire specifically, and then him as a coach? Well, first to Jack, everybody, and to an extent, rightfully so they could, they, they love to use Jack Swarbrick as a punching bag for sure. this or for that. But the one aspect of Jack Swarbrick's career at Notre Dame as the athletic director is when it's time to make a big hire, he usually, for the most part, to, to date, has gotten it right. You say he's, he's actually got a good track record. He does. He's got an unbelievable track <laughs> he record. He really does. He's got a really good track record. When you, when you look at Link Jarrett, <laughs> look at Marcus Freeman, Neil Ivey, now Micah Shrewsbury, I have sat in Jack Swarbrick's office, and he has told me numerous times whenever we have our sit-down, the one aspect of that job that really drives him are the big issue hires or the college football playoff matter issues sure. where he I, and I've asked him I said what what's kept you here like you you've done so much stuff why are you still here he says I'm driven by the the, the one thing where where when when it's okay I've got to go out and make this hire I've got to get this hire right for the most part Jack Swarbrick has gotten the hires right and I think in time Micah Shrewsbury will prove to be the right guy at the right time for this program, just like Mike Bray was in 2000 in, in July of 2000. Now, that doesn't mean that Notre Dame is going to win 15 league games next year right. or be a four seed in the NCAA tournament. And if that stuff doesn't happen, that doesn't mean that Micah Shrewsbury wasn't the right guy. This is something where it's an absolute clean slate with Micah, start from scratch, Start building his program, build the culture, build what, how he's going to put his imprint on this, and let's see how it is moving forward. He's got seven years, and it's not yeah, going to take seven yeah, years. That's that's very that's it's a very good point. Is the seven years? Yeah, but, you know, like we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't think anyone who's, uh, well, expectations will get unrealistic for some segment of fans because they always, you know, it always ends up that way. But at the same right. time, you know, look at, we, we all know the state that the program is in yes. right now. I, I guess the one knock on Shrewsbury is his only head coaching experience is at NAIA, mm-hmm. IU South Bend, and then, you know, two years at Penn State, yeah. you know, so a very, very small amount of, of head coaching experience. What, what, uh, what do you think about that? Are you concerned about that at all? What do you think? No, because his, his coaching background with Brad Stevens at Butler with the Boston Celtics, with Matt Painter at Purdue, like just just his coaching DNA, I think is something that's it's it's going to eventually take off at Notre Dame. Like it was on the upward trend at Penn State, where he was doing stuff in State College that they just simply have never done out there, and he only had two years to do it. I think I think the fact that so many kids have left that program, like. You look at Notre Dame's roster, and you mentioned it, Sean. You look at that roster and think that's in turmoil. Penn State, I think, now only has four players on its roster. Yeah. Because everybody's hit the portal, and the recruiting class is slowly starting to get released from their national letters of intent. I think it was something where, yeah, the record may not have been elite in the Big Ten, but I think the culture was among – the elite in the Big Ten, and I think that's that's really one of the things that drew Jack, Jack Swarbrick to Micah Shrewsbury as that's my guy. Yeah. All right, you brought up Jack Swarbrick, so I'm going to ask you one more question about him before we dive even <laughs> deeper into basketball. I, I want to put a bow on the Jack Swarbrick thing. So, you know, you said what, what one of the things that drives him is the big hires as well as, you know, Notre Dame's place in the playoff or whatever the big picture right keeping Notre Dame independent and and making them relevant in the big picture so they're on the verge of solidifying their independence for a long time with TV. yeah exactly with the tv deal that's upcoming the apparel deal that's upcoming the playoff deal that's upcoming you know however they extend that right Mm -hmm. they've got he's got the three major coaches in place Young, ready to go. They're all new. Women's basketball, men's basketball, football. Once he solidifies like the TV contract, the playoffs and all that, what's left? left? How much longer is he going to be here? Nothing. That's what I thought. Okay. Again, that's one of the, I think that's one of the aspects. Now we have not talked to Jack or Micah about this whole coaching situation, but I think that's one of the aspects of giving Micah Shrewsbury a seven-year contract because I it's it's been public knowledge and it's something that I've written about way long ago back in January when it was time to get a new coach was who's the leader like who's the boss here because Jack Swarbrick and Father John Jenkins both have agreements or contracts does the university president have like an actual contract I don't I don't, I don't even know <laughs> good, good question. question like so so they they have deals or they have packs or however they're written that both run through the 24-25 academic year. I do not expect to, to see Jack Swarbrick go past 2025. Maybe he doesn't make it to 2025. Maybe he, maybe he decides, look, I've done enough. 
The university's in a great place. The athletic department's in a fantastic place. It's time for me to go find whatever my next challenge is. So it, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't know what's left for Jack Swarbrick as far as a big picture because yeah. the only big picture would be kind of positioning Notre Dame to join the SEC or the Big Ten, and neither of those teams, things will ever happen, will ever happen while Jack Swarbrick's the athletic director at Notre Dame. So it's it may, it may be time for him to say, that's it. Yeah. I'm going to turn the AD keys over to somebody else. Yeah. Interesting. Um, back to Shrewsbury. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as we hopscots around. Yes, that's right. This is, like, this is like the what we used to do on radio, Sean. We're all That's over right, there. baby. That's right. We just <laughs> jump all over the place. Right. Hopscotching be bopping and scatting all over the place. Um, The Brad Stevens connection I'm curious about because Shrewsbury was on his staff for Mm -hmm. a few years down there at Butler. And he was, you know, on the staff when they were national runners up two times in a row, 2010, 2011. But he goes from, I again, IUSB to joining Brad Stevens' staff down there. The only connection I can find between, the, you know, I don't know how much background you've done. They, they're they both from the Indianapolis area. They're both the same age. So the only real connection is like, okay, they probably played against each other back then and, you know, like AAU, high school days, whatever. Like, is there is there any other, you know, like how did this guy end up going from IUSB to on the staff for one of the most successful runs in Butler basketball history? They, uh, Brad Stevens and Micah Shrewsbury were friends early on. Now, I, I, I don't know what the timeline of that is. I have a an interview scheduled with Brad Stevens a week from tomorrow. Ooh, juicy. To talk, okay, about, nice. to talk about Micah Shrewsbury. And Brad Stevens owes me because in 2013, I did the Blue Ribbon Magazine preview of Butler, spent about 35 minutes on the phone with Brad Stevens. He gave me. 2,300 words of transcribed <laughs> notes, and two weeks later, he took the Boston Celtics job. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Nine pages of transcript transcribed notes from Brad Stevens. Oh Never saw the gosh. light of day. <laughs> wow. So that, was, that, that, was my, that was my only interaction with Brad Stevens. I will talk with Brad next week. We'll talk more about Micah Shrewsbury. Okay. And, but I but I do know that there was somewhere where they they connected early, whether it was elementary school, whether it was high school, whether it was AU, and became instant friends. Where okay, for whatever reason they just clicked and they just stayed friends. As Brad went this way and Micah went that way, and then they came together with at Butler, came together again with the Boston Celtics, and then Brad or Micah kind of figured out. If I'm want to be a college coach, maybe I better parachute back into the college game, which is why I wound up with Matt Painter and then eventually took the Penn State job a couple of years ago. So obviously, Micah Shrewsbury has hit the ground running, you know, at Notre Dame. I know that they hosted some guys over the weekend. What can you glean from the some of the moves of not only what he's done but what some of these players from Penn State have done other guys like how do you see this roster kind of shaping up I mean he's got eight scholarships to give away right I mean he, he he's it, it's a it's pretty wide open it sounds like so what what, what are your thoughts and obviously 
not necessarily details, but what are your thoughts on how this thing is going to shape up? I'm going to go out on a huge limb here <laughs> and say one of the Penn State recruits is coming to Notre Dame. <laughs> I, well, I'd probably the one that shares his last name. Braden Shrewsbury, could he end up at Notre Dame? <laughs> I think Braden Shrewsbury will end up at Notre Dame. There's another, there's another Penn State recruit that might end up at Notre Dame, Logan Imes from Zionsville. He has asked for his release from Penn State. Uh, according, according to Logan's father, he, he did not, uh, in con contrary to some reports this past weekend, Logan Imes did not visit Notre Dame. He, he is in the process of setting that up with Micah Shrewsbury. I know that Micah Shrewsbury met this week with Dom Campbell, uh, who's in the portal at Notre Dame, has not closed the door on returning to Notre Dame. Good. So I think this roster this roster will be, will be rebuilt a little easier than what some might expect. What I can't get a handle on right now, Vince, is – what the status is of the of the transfer portal in relation to guys who are not graduate students, like the graduate transfers, they, I think they'll they'll be looking at maybe one or two graduate transfers. Mm -hmm. But what about guys who aren't graduate transfers? Right. Which is a bridge that Notre Dame hasn't crossed in the port since the portal became the portal. Yes, they've right. only looked at graduate transfers. Marcus Hammond last year. Paul Atkinson two years ago. They haven't done anything with traditional transfers. Are they going to do more with that? Because it's, well, this guy's interested and that guy's interested. And this guy has Notre Dame on a list that has 75 schools. And it's like, I, I don't know how to gauge that interest until Notre Dame co comes out and says, we can do more with traditional transfers because they haven't done that. So it remains to be seen like with guys like that, but I think there'll be enough guys, whether they're Penn State recruits that have asked out of their national letters of intent or graduate transfers or traditional high school students. Like Brady Dunlap was a top 100 guy from Studio City, California, committed, signed with Notre Dame, asked out of his national letter of intent when Mike Bray said he was leaving. Brady Dunlap has not closed the door. What if you get Brady Dunlap back? What if you get Dom Campbell back? Marcus Burton's coming in. He was a slam dunk choice to always be at Notre Dame, regardless who the coach was. Yep. So, yeah, they need eight guys, but they they can get to they can get to five or six or seven pretty quickly here as we move forward here in the offseason. Yeah. And then the only decision at that point when is okay, do we take, you know, try to find a couple more freshmen and it's you mm -hmm. know the the class is a little thin, I would imagine, at this point with what's left. Or do you go searching for more grad transfers and and try to bring them in? I think I, I think, think that I think right at the top of Micah Shrewsbury's list again. I, I don't know. We we don't, we haven't heard from him. We'll hear from him on Thursday. But other than working with the current guys and maybe some of the semi-current guys, work with the with with the returning guys. Then try to try to get to know Dom Campbell and show him what you might be able to do for him if he decides to stick around. Same thing with Brady Dunlap. After you work through that stuff, I think job one is you have to go to the portal, whether you get a graduate transfer or a traditional transfer, but this team needs a veteran point guard. I love Marcus Burton. I think he's <laughs> going to be a really good college player, 
but you in good conscience, you cannot yeah, agreed. hand the ball to Marcus Burton as a true freshman going from the NIC to the <laughs> ACC and right. saying, here you go, kid. Here's we'll the ball. Yeah. It's your job, run the team. So go get yeah. you, you need a veteran point guard in some way, shape, or form for 23-24. Look, Mark, you... Mark, I was gonna say I just wanted to jump ahead, on the Marcus Bruce. Burton thing because sure. I, I think he's got a ton of talent. His size mm-hmm. is gonna be an issue, obviously, but he he can take anybody off the dribble now. But the, the you know, going into the ACC, that's a different conversation. He's gonna take his lumps, he's gonna play, I think, more than he probably anticipated before all of this went down right but in a backup point guard role i think could be perfect still going to take his lumps but he can learn from a veteran and if they get themselves a couple of graduate transfers point guard obviously being number one of the number one they're going to have like two years of eligibility left because those guys were here during covid right right so you get a couple grad transfers they're at least here for a couple of years and i think that could be big too yeah and i mean marcus burton right now he should be named Mr. Basketball, maybe named as early as tomorrow, but he's just not he's not physically ready or right. or, or just mentally ready to go up against guys like Jarkel Joyner or Caleb Love or Isaiah Wong. Or sure. you run through all the point guards in the ACC that they run at you. Tyrese Proctor at Duke, Jeremy Roach at Duke. All the pro- point guards that you're going to have to go up against, I-, I think it's just so early in Marcus's development where – Come in off the bench, be the backup point guard, be the guy that's going to go against the other team's reserves and kind of feel and learn your way through the ACC. And then as you grow your game, then you'll be more confident and say, all right, I'm ACC ready. Let's turn this thing loose. Absolutely. There's the 24-7 was was, uh, crystal balling, the 6'10", four-star power forward, Kerry Booth to to Notre Dame. Uh, You know, I, I, I don't know just exactly how closely you follow the recruiting end of things. But like, like seems like that would be a pretty prominent signing if, if uh, they're able to get him in week one. Sean, other than sitting at home waiting for 620 to roll around to talk to you, <laughs> I, have done, I have done absolutely nothing else today but, tr- but recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. I got pages of notes on Kerry Booth. On Braden Shrewsbury, on Logan Imes, I'm telling you, give us some juice. Give us what you can give us, then. Okay, <laughs> let, me, let me turn the page. Kerry Booth, six ten, one ninety, kind of scary because yeah, it's little... only one ninety, right? But he he, he would have been he would have been Penn State's second highest recruit in basketball program history. Wow, he's a he's a top one hundred guy. His dad, his dad, Calvin Booth played at Penn State. He's currently the general manager of the Denver Nuggets, and he's a really good prospect. Now, he played he played at Brewster Academy, so he played he played in basically like a like a semi pro ACC type of high school league out in New England. Like that's that's the A level New England prep school, Brewster Academy. Northfield, Mount Hermon, all those other schools out there he played in. And you look at his stats, I talked a little bit with his high school coach, Jason Smith, who's been there for 20-plus years at Brewster. And Jason said, yeah, well, Kerry averaged 10 points and five rebounds. And you're thinking, Hmm. 10 points and five rebounds? Wait, that's got to be a mistake, really? 
He's a top level D1 recruit and he's averaging 10 points and five rebounds. Well, <laughs> he plays on a Brewster team that has nine guys. Wow. Going going that that earned D1 scholarships for next right. season. And he's <laughs> he was one of the nine. And I think they went like 35 and 6 this year. I think that's what the, what he said. The coach said the record was. So it's it's a really high level program and if they can get Kerry Booth, if they can get Braden Shrewsbury, if they can get Logan Imes, you go from five guys to eight guys right there. Yeah. Before you even before you even tap the portal. So yeah. Kerry Booth, I don't I don't know what I mean. Who knows what what, what the crystal ball projection thing is these days? But <laughs> I, I if I'm if I'm a Notre Dame men's basketball fan, I'd feel pretty good that that Kerry Booth will be suiting up for Notre Dame in 23-24. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What about the staff? Like, do you, is that something that, you know, maybe we're going to find out Thursday? Do you have any idea or, or like, or the other end of it, like what's going to happen with the guys who are on Mike Bray's staff as well? I think it's really hard if you're Micah Shrewsbury. And I have to, I have to couch this by saying, look, I, I have a ton of respect for guys like Anthony Solomon and Anton. I mean, I've known Anton Weiss for 26 years. Yeah. And then Hamlet Tibbs, the new guy on the staff, and Ryan Greer, the the video coordinator, and Patrick Rogers, the ops guy. I have I have I have great respect for those guys. I really like those guys. But it's hard if you're Micah Shrewsbury and you're walking into a program that went eleven and twenty one. Oh yeah, went, and I wasn't what, suggesting that he would no, I know, I know. just saying, you know, like yeah. and went three and seventeen in the ACC. Yeah. It's really hard for a head coach to say, I'm gonna retain that guy. Uh, so yeah. again, I have no inside knowledge. Like we said, we've not talked with Micah about staff. I don't know what he's thinking, but I think I, I think it's just best for everybody, given the type of year and just the type of black cloud that was hanging over this program mm-hmm. for myriad reasons this past season, just to start fresh and and yeah. bring your own guys in and have fresh ideas and fresh voices and fresh opinions. There's an assistant coach. I, his name escapes me right now, but there's an assistant coach on the Penn State staff that was on the Penn State staff with Micah the last couple of years, who has been with Micah since Micah was a grad, a grad assistant at Marshall, oh, and wow. he's basically been with Micah every step that Micah's taken, except for maybe the Boston Celtics. So I, I would think that that he would join the staff, but I do know that they will they will they they will 
expand the coaching staff, they're going to add one additional position. Hmm. So that opens up a, a space for 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 another guy to come in, whether that's a that's an administrative guy, whether that's an a, 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 an on court guy. I think Micah will be, will be able to answer some of those questions on Thursday. But with Micah, it's let's just start new, wipe the slate clean, and let's move forward. All right. Here's one 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 final question for you tonight that Coach Bent. <laughs> Your top <laughs> five local boys players from the last 10 years. From wow, 10 years. That's very that's a very short period of time. It is. Maybe let's go like 20. And, that, and that's and that's two, that's two. Again, I, I get asked, like, who are your top five in, in Notre Dame men's basketball since you've covered the program for the last 25 years? And inevitably, you leave somebody out, and I wind up pissing somebody off. Somebody gets <laughs> they'll they'll right. text me. They'll text me and say, what are you doing? I thought I was in your top five. I thought I was your guy, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, off the top of my head, Marcus Burton, Demetrius Jackson, Jay Nivey, uh, I don't know, because he went to La Luz. So I know it's it's hard because like he really, really took off when he when he went to La Luz after what the first was it two yeah. years, three years at right. Marion. Yeah. Three. So, he was there for it, three. Is yeah. it like uh I don't know, Demise Anderson, mm. Noah Applegate. Yeah. You want you want to put Blake Wesley in there, but because of the COVID year. Were we able to see a lot of Blake Wesley in his well, program? And he, I mean, high school wise, you and I saw him play a ton. Were you ever like, "Yep, that's a Division One ACC player"? Like, I they never he he turned it up when he went to college. Like, right. I didn't. You could see some potential, but he didn't just take over games really in high school. He was he was so raw. Yeah, I, I, I look at. It's funny. It's funny that it's ironic that Sean's on here with me with me because I look at Kassan Prosper with the women's team, and I see a lot of Blake Wesley early late or his late stages at Riley, early at Notre Dame in Kassan Prosper. Where yeah, I think that's a it, fair comparison. It's yeah. just they're they're just so young and just this right. like unbridled cult that has absolutely no idea what their potential is. Like right. Blake Wesley, when he is at he was at Riley, there were times where he where he carried himself as the best player on the court. But I don't think he I don't think he knew that in 14, 15, 16 months from now, I'm gonna be a first round NBA draft pick. <laughs> yeah. Right. Until it until it clicked at Notre Dame. And when it clicked, man, he was pretty really freaking good. It clicked and fast. I see, yeah. I see that in Kassan right now, where where she just doesn't know how good she's going to be. Yeah. So I don't know if I can put Blake Wesley in my top five, yeah. which leaves another spot open. Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm. There are a couple of kids from Washington that, that you may want to throw on there. I don't know. It's hard. It's so hard to come up with top. I mean, and there have been a could, lot you, of them. Yeah. You could bring up Kinesny from St. Joe. He was a really good high school player. I mean, he was. You know. Okay, so we're gonna go Jr. Kinesny. Noah Applegate, Marcus Burton, Demise Anderson, and who's the fifth? I mean, Demetrius. Demetrius. No, Demetrius. 
Now that, but that, yeah, he might have been. Is. Well, would he have been like if we're going ten years? We're right on the cusp of like the cutoff. Was he already in college by that? No, point? Like, no, because ten years ago tonight, Sean, I was at United Center for for Demetrius's McDonald's okay. All American game. Okay, <laughs> that answers that. So he just made the cut then. Hey, I think you got to add. I think that it's got to be Demetrius then. So Demetrius Jackson, Demisi Anderson, Noah Applegate, Jr. Kinesny, Marcus Barton. Yeah. There's your All starting right. five. We're rolling like with those it. five. Hey, there you go. You can do a lot of damage with that five. <laughs> you can win a lot of games. Yes. <laughs> yes, you could. Yes, you could. All right, Tom. Thanks as always. Of course, you can read Tom's stuff in the South Bend Tribune and IndieInsider.com. Press conference Thursday. We'll see you there. 11 o'clock. All right. Take care, Tom. All right, guys. Take care. We'll see you. You too. Tom Noy, our old friend, talk a little hoops. Always good when we can get Tom in here. He's always he's always more than eager to come in and talk a little Notre Dame basketball. Love us. it. Love yes. it. That's right. Just like you saw from him at the start. It's like, what? Football? Kick that out of here. It's basketball time. <laughs> Tom could Tom could talk basketball all the time and and uh football might as well not even exist that a That's font right. of knowledge i actually shot him another question via text just now but i didn't know if he'd have the answer and i didn't want to i didn't want to uh you know throw him under the bus here live so he's always got so much info he does he does 